Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Current Blue podcast, or for one night only, Poddymore Heath. Ash, do you remember that? Poddymore Heath? That was <laughs> that's, a Matt, that's got Matt Kendrick all over it. That's... One of the proposed names that Matt Kendrick came up with, Poddymore Heath, because the lights are still on at Poddymore Heath tonight as we sit here at 11.10 on Thursday evening for transfer deadline day. The window's literally just slammed shut, whatever that means. And uh, Jan Bednarek is the latest signing through the door literally five minutes before the deadline. Nobody's so happy to see Jan Bednarek, to be honest. I've just been waiting for it all day, to, to be honest, from a work <laughs> perspective. Just waited to just post it and get it gone. Um, Ash, John, thank you very much for joining me at Late Notice. And thanks to the Villa fans for jumping on with us. There's been a lot of other Villa podcasts who have done their shows tonight to kind of see in the 11 o'clock deadline, whereas we thought, let's wait for it just in case something does happen out of the blue. So thanks for sticking with us for the next half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever we decide. If I stop waffling, we can get on with it. Um, John, Ash, how are we both? Busy, long day? Yeah, uh, okay, really. Um, I missed the last two games, so I've been spared of that. I've, I've, I've laboured that with John, who, who was at West Ham and Arsenal for me, so he's, he's well, witnessed them too. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, full on day today, just waiting around. There's a lot of waiting. Hmm. Douglas Louise dominating it. What's happening? Yeah. Bids rejected. Oh, nightmare. And Arsenal didn't stump up the cash in the end. So yeah, a bit, bit of a, I don't know to describe today, bit of a funny old day, really. And here we are now, uh, two signings on deadline day. More involved at that time day than I thought we were probably going to have when we saw Kamara and Coutinho and um, um, uh, Carlos within like a week of the season ended. Oh. I thought, oh, we'll, we'll do our, all our business early. We, we won't be faffing around at 11 o'clock on deadline day yet. Here we are. <laughs> um, John, how are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, hey, weird one is actually we were almost dominating all the headlines today in, in, in a strange way, yeah. but it was only one player and it was a continuous Arsenal bid and it went up for about went up 2 million a few times and the, the, what were they like 20 million out of valuation so I think I said to you Dan Perslow is probably just copied and pasted the same message or email I don't know how they do it but Edu yeah I don't know what it was it went from 20 million to 25 million in the space of about 11 hours bizarre yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. if you reject 23 million, you reject 25. And people, oh, I mean, there'll be Arsenal fans that stumble upon this going, yeah, you're holding him to ransom and you're going to lose out on 25 million, let him go for free. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't care. That's what the club decide to do. Let them do that if yeah, that's yeah. what's happened. I mean, yeah. People say he's not worth 25 million, but it's, we won't be able to replace him at this stage. So, I mean, you could have sold him yeah. and replaced him in January potentially. But yeah, we've got him. So, yeah, see what happens. Maybe he signs a new contract and this was all just a, a ruse to get. You know, more money from his agent or whatever. Mm. Um, so, where are we? Um, transfer window roundup. Let's talk about the summer window as a whole. Um, we're going to do outgoings, incomings, and kind of a best 11 as well. We'll talk about um, Dendonka and Bednarek throughout this as well. We'll start with... Do you want to start with incomings or outgoings? I'll let you two decide. Don't incomings. Come on. Incomings, yeah. Positive. Okay. Just well, maybe positive. Just yeah. I can press my other button. Um, so incomings, it's seven in the end, if I've done my maths correctly. Coutinho, Olsen, Kamara, Diego Carlos, Jan Bednarek, then Donka and Augustinson. Um, I don't think I've missed anyone out there. Um, before we go into any any specific names there, is that enough, seven players? Are we happy with the incomings or do we still think we're a bit short? Come to you first, Ash, because you had a little roll smile on your face there. It's hard to say, isn't it? We don't know yet. <laughs> We've proofed in the pudding and we've lost four out of five. We're sitting we 19th. <laughs> um, and yeah, over to you, Stephen. But yeah, um, be, uh, feeling a bit flat given the recent results and the performances, really. So you're hoping, aren't you? You're hoping these two signings add that little bit of steel, a bit of profile, a keyword Gerard mm. keeps using. I do like him. Dunker. I have liked him for a while. Always plays well against the Villa. Steams into your opposition. Um, looks a good deal on the face of it, that one. 13 million quid. Belgian international, 120 Premier League games for Wolves. I do like that one. Um, we, we are left a bit underwhelmed, aren't we, given all the promises and the, and, and, and 
and all the, the preseason stuff. And yeah, and the form doesn't help, does it really? And, and player performances of late. So yeah, and Bednarak, I think that's just a body, isn't it? Given Courtney's gone out, he's, he's your fourth centre back. Nearly 50 caps for Poland, okay. Had a decent spell at Southampton for a while, but they've let him go for a re- reason on loan. So he's fell down the pecking order there. So. Yeah, we'll just fill us on in a couple of cast-offs. That's what it looks like on, on the outside looking in. But hopefully they they rediscover a bit of form. Maybe Dendonka win a bit of style at Wolves. It's such a successful period there. Maybe he needs a, a new lease of life and this could be the making of him. And like you say, I do like that deal, to be fair. But are we short? Um, I'd say yes. I'd say yes. But maybe, I think, like you say, Gerard needs to get the better out of these players. Get much more out of these players he's got at his disposal. So... Yeah, there's more questions and answers, and we're going to Man City on Saturday, Leicester and Southampton. It's down to these three games now, whether we'll see a managerial change or not. So, so yeah, I think we are a bit short still, but it's down to Gerard and the playing staff to to kick on. As, as McGinn said last night, it's not good enough. So, mm. over to you, boys. Well, it's you know, from a physical point of view, it's a bit more height in there than Don Granby. Exactly right? that. Above six foot, six two and six three, I think, but the two of them. Much needed bit of physicality in there. Oh, I, think, I think um, you're right with Ben Rick being cast off as such, but he's come on loan from Southampton. You know, they obviously don't you know, think it's fine to let him go to Aston Villa effectively, but I think he's got more of a chance of competing for a second centre back spot than Courtney Hawes would. So he's, yeah. is he better than Courtney Hawes? Probably yes. Is he better than Diego Carlos if we've lost the injury? Absolutely not. So are we kind of back to square one at the back end of the se- last season? Yes. Am I going to keep asking myself questions and answering myself? Yes. Um, John, what do you think of those two on deadline day? Uh, yeah, I think on deadline day, that's as good as you're going to get, really. You're not going to bring in a centre-half on loan that's got that many uh, appearances, friendly appearances, than, than what you've got in Bednarek. Again, we haven't necessarily improved that department of the team, but but we know what happens to Carlos, so it's, it's, it's hard to sort of criticise that. The only, I said the only criticism, one of the criticisms I would have is that we are lacking those wide forwards Forwards still. Uh, Coutinho and Buendia can both do that job to an extent on the left. Um, obviously, Bailey is the only sort of wide man, natural wide man that we have in the team. Obviously, we went for Saar and that, that didn't come off for one reason or another, but that mm. proves that we wanted a wide player. So, I am surprised that we haven't gone out and bought the wide player considering that's clearly what we wanted. So, yeah, that, that one's a bit bizarre to me. But I think we've got two players for pretty much each so each position now um, up front we obviously have that in Ings and Watkins I say in the wide areas I don't think we have that necessarily in terms of natural width but we have we don't have two wingers never mind two in each position well, so well, we have, uh, out and out in, yeah Buendia and Contenia can play off the left mm. but they're not but they're not well, you, you say wingers whether new you know Gerard doesn't necessarily play with those players but if, if there is a new manager change at some point in the season then again we only have one natural winger in the midfield we've improved with Kamara then Donker just had, I think it brings something that we don't have and that we haven't had for a few years now at Villa so yeah I don't know it's, I think again Ash hit the nail on the head it's hard to judge at the moment after losing four of the first five transfers isn't really um, you know well it's, it's kind of irrelevant not irrelevant but it's I think it's Jared said yesterday, it's, it's kind of tough to even talk about because we're in such a rut at the moment. So, mm. yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Apologies if I've got internet problems, by the way. I've got a Wi-Fi signal up there that's um, saying I've got a bad connection, so hopefully you can see and hear me okay, or hear me at least. Um, yeah, incomings, I don't know. When you read those names out, like Coutinho was already here last season. Olsen's a backup goalkeeper. Carlos, who's you know obviously unfortunate, no one expected him to get injured on you know, second week of the season. Mm. Ednarek should be a decent option. And, you know, I was I was kind of underwhelmed by Callum Chambers, to be honest. So I kind of feel the same about Ednarek. So surprise me. Maybe he'll be better than we think. It's a season-long yeah. loan, whether yeah. there's an option to buy or an obligation to buy. I'm unsure, because obviously if Carlos comes back to fitness, you don't really need Ednarek after that. Then Donk, I quite like. I think that's a decent sign. I think if, if that was a yeah. Newcastle or Palace or maybe Everton signed him tonight, I'd have gone, hmm, that's quite yeah, a smart exactly. deal, I think. 12 million, 13 million, good international caps, had a good couple of uh, seasons at, at Wolves and he's just surplus to acquirements now because they have made good improvements to their midfield. Matinho still kept Neves and Nunes in there as well. 
Den Hooker's not going to get minutes and he's you know can be played as a as a, a centre half as well and they don't play three at the back anymore. So his his minutes have drastically gone down. So I don't think you know there were people saying they can't even get to the Wolves team while we signing him, but it doesn't always work like that. Somebody signed Brendier no. today, they don't look at that and go, he can't get into the villa team, he must be crap. It doesn't you know it doesn't doesn't work like that. So exactly the same for Douglas Louise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's one I was going to come on to then. You know, talking about Douglas Wee's not being good enough for Aston Villa, but Liverpool, Atletico Madrid, Arsenal, whoever it was over the last couple of days are going, yeah, we, we might go for, for 20 million or so. Mm. Um, so it doesn't always work like that. And he's got to now prove it on the pitch for Villa. And like we said, you said Ash is good age, good profile, good physicality in there, and also gives us the option to play two holding midfielders, him and Kamara's a two, and, and have a bit of a change of system. So ticks a lot of boxes for me, um, Den Donker. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, I was speaking to the lads in the office today. Quite a small team, Villa, aren't they? So hmm. these two signings bring some much needed height in both boxes as well. They're living suspect at set pieces. So the, these two lads uh, bring some height and a bit of presence in there. We, we've lacked for a long time. So, yeah, overall, it's it's okay, I'd say. And hopefully they, they prove to be shrewd, shrewd additions there. Hmm. I've got a clip from our, our Wolves colleague Alex Dickin who, who covered Villa at first spell to be fair but knows everything about Wolves and a lot more than we do and will have seen Den Donker so uh, let's uh, hear what he had to say about him earlier I mean Bruno is quite insistent that he wanted him to stay uh, that he wants him to stay and that uh, I think he said he thought he'd, he would stay as well um, that's obviously we've been hearing different for, for quite a while now um, I think you know even in, in July um, we were hearing that if Wolves managed to upgrade their midfield, then there's potential for Dendonka to move on. There's been a lot of interest in, to be honest, in Premier League clubs. I mean, um, Aston Villa, are, 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 you know, now in pole position to sign him, having agreed a £30 million fee before that. Everton, uh, West Ham, Newcastle. Uh, West Ham have apparently showed quite a strong interest, um, but weren't willing to, to pay the money Wolves wanted. Um so yeah, he's. I mean, we 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 know what he is at this level. He's a good player at this level. Uh, fits in fits in most systems. Can play as either a six as a holding midfield player, or as he's done more so for Wolves, play a little bit further forward um, as one of the one of the two eight in a three man midfield. But from a Wolves point of view, we've now seen that they've got Mateus Nunes in, who is that upgrade on him. Um, talked about the incomings, but you're just doing something else while that was on. Um, Talked about incomings and whether we were still left short. When I say those seven names, I, I mean I didn't even mention Augustinson, who didn't play against Bolton due to a, a, a slight injury or whatever. But I wouldn't be surprised if he plays two or three games for Villa, and that, that is it. So maybe at our best. Um, so I say those seven names. Like I said, Coutinho, Olsen, backup players, uh, Olsen, backup goalkeeper, Coutinho already here. Carlos gets injured. The two today. Augustinson as a backup left back, who again probably won't really play. And then Kamara is the one, the one standout. And a lot of people talking about how much we've spent and stuff, but I think Kamara would have cost a, a pretty penny if he was not on a free transfer. So, um, yeah, I, I say we're short. There's no forwards there in any of those options. Coutinho, obviously, is the, the most creative player as a number 10 or a, a left-sided attacker or whatever you want to deploy him at. But no striker there, no no out-and-out winger. And like we said, Gerard doesn't play wingers. But if Gerard isn't here... We can't play wingers, or if Joe yeah, decides to change his mind, he can't play wingers. That's a bit of a concern for me. I think mm. that's a big problem because whatever system Gerard uses, or whatever whoever the manager is, it might be Gerard to the end of the season. But whatever it is, we, we always need that width. And if you're playing with Bailey, the opposite side it's just lopsided, isn't it? So I'm I am staggered that we haven't got another wide man, or if we just kept Traore. Because how much did we? Is it just a loan to Istanbul? That's actually just a loan, yeah. Right, just a loan. Is there really much point in that? I don't see the, don't see any harm in keeping him. If you know, if, if we're so limited out wide, leave him on the bench. Or you know, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't desperate to leave. So yeah, very surprised by that. But the yeah. incomings again, Kamara and Carlos are the two. I think I said to you earlier Dan, we had a kind of a bright start to the window, and then a. I say a bright end. It was busy at the end, but you don't want to be busy at the end. And in the middle, it was there was nothing so surprising really about how we sort no. of how we started compared to how we ended. It's uh, yeah, bizarre window in many ways. Yeah, the the transfer windows lasted three months. Is it May to to August or the end of September, the start of September? But yeah. Miller have only been active in the window for probably seven days. <laughs> Yeah, two, or three at the start, week, yeah. two or three at the end, but basically we did nothing in the middle. You know, you see things like the Sar deal going for him and then pulling out due to wages or not fancying him or, or whatever the reasons are. Um, but 
it shows you going after a forward attacking player and then you don't go back in for one before the end of the window. And, you know, players might not be available and stuff. And I don't want Villa to sign players for the sake of it, but that it does leave us very limited now that if we want to change system, I feel like we can't unless you're going to shoot Horn Coutinho to play left wing for 20 games, which is not his position, is it? Or Watkins on left wing, which also is not his position. No, yeah, John raised a good point. We look, we look lopsided because Bailey's right in that winger and like you say, I think we're crying out for to play that, that winger system whether it's a 4-2-3-1 and and some wide men to, to cut. Like you say, over the last few games, Villa had no 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 intensity in the attacking third, no creativity. And yeah, um, the fullbacks have been exposed as well. So yeah, I'm staggered like, like John, not signing a winger and, and allowing a couple to leave. So yeah, strange one, strange one that one. Mm. The comment is that Watkins was a winger for Brentford when we signed him, but he had that one season up front for them before he joined, joined us. And then he's played as a striker since then. Is it a possibility that Watkins goes out wide and Danny Ings plays up front on his own? Danny Ings isn't a long uh, striker, though. I, I, I wouldn't be against seeing that. I think the goal uh, Watkins scored, Gerard's uh, first goal, or the first goal really scored when Gerard's in, that was Watkins cutting off the left and hitting one in mm. the top corner. But I, then, then you've got the argument of what if Danny Ings gasses out at 60 minutes? You got no, oh, you got Cameron Archer, to be fair, I suppose. That could be an option. I did forget about Cameron Archer. I was kind of pushing him to leave on loan because I don't see how he's going to get minutes, but that's another conversation. Uh, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd be happy to see Watkins play wise, but under Gerard, I don't see that happening. No, I don't think I'd really like that either. No, I can't see him liking no. that. No, when you've been the main man up front. Yeah, when you were the main man up front scoring 14 goals last season, you started the season this season as a striker as well. And then you go, oh, we're going to force yeah. you onto left wing now because we need to change the system. It's not ideal, is it? No. Um, I, and, and I would just scream of what have we been doing for three months? We, we try and get yeah. started, but now it's yeah. actually we don't. And, and we live try. Yeah, it, it's just confusion, really. So, I'd, But then if but it's almost as like if we're trying to hide that, like we should have got a winger. So if Watkins does go on the left, I don't think that's, you know, showing anything that we don't know already. We know that we don't have enough on that left side in terms of that width. So, yeah. Yeah, play, play Bailey one side and Brendy on the other side you could do and then a number 10 behind behind a striker. But again, it, just, it feels a little bit like we're trying Saying to force positions that don't, don't yeah. really work. You've gotten, I don't know how many games it is, we probably should have done this before we came on, but obviously you've got the World Cup. January probably isn't that many games away. Then, mm. Off the top of my head, like maybe 10. Which is a lot of games, to be fair, but it's not as far away as, you know, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, there's three games yeah. in September, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six in October, and then one, two league games in November and the cup game against United. So that's uh, 11, 11 games, games, I think. 12, yeah. Between now, between, although we come back just before the January window, don't we? Uh, 26th, yeah, so yes. uh, 13 games until the next transfer window opens. As if we were all just talking about the January window. Then, about it, <laughs> it, seven minutes ago. Let's just park the transfer window for now. I'm sick of it. Um, let's go to outgoings now, I suppose, because I feel like we've done as much of the... Inc- Actually, no, scrap that. Let's get rid of that. We're going back to the incomings for a second. I wanted to have a little bit of a light-hearted chat about Bednarek. Um, for those that have been on God, Villa Twitter for a couple of years now, Jan Bednarek has been linked with a Villa move every single window apart from this one funnily enough and now it's actually happened it was done a little a little bit of a, an ITK thing um, you know these these accounts rife with we'll just tweet any bit of info they had so I caught up with Tom Cowley who um, tricked people basically I think it was the year that we got promoted and, and told people that Bednarek was going to be signing this journo in quote marks put it out that it was going to happen and obviously it was all all come out of the ruse so I spoke to Tom and said look You've, you've been calling this transfer for years and now it's finally happened. So, uh, yeah, I've got a little clip from Tom. So, ask John, you can relax for a couple of minutes and Tom can tell us a story of uh, how we almost signed Jan Bednarek about three seasons ago. Well, interesting asides from the Jan Bednarek deal is that this was a, a deal that's been reported on social media for about five seasons now or whatever it was. Um, I think the first time I saw it was in the promotion season where there was rumours going around on social media that Jan Bednarek was going to sign and it all came out that it, it was a ruse and then every transfer window since apparently we've been linked with him and then finally now, a couple of years later, here we are with him. And the man behind that rumour, I suppose, is, is Tom Cowley. Tom, do you want to just explain where this Jan Bednarek nonsense came up from three or four years ago and now where we are today <laughs> yeah um it's it's a bit of a weird one really so you know i think it was just after we got promoted that summer we were signing so many players and there was all these people kind of just trying to claim they had sources these little in the know accounts that 
everyone everyone loves, I'm sure. But, you know, they were all kind of trying to claim, oh, yeah, we know this, we know that, we're signing X player, Y player, so-and-so's told me, I've heard, all those kind of rumours. Mm. And I thought, you know, they, they don't test these people. If, if they've got sources, they're definitely not going to do their kind of due diligence on them. So for a bit of a laugh, I, I turned to my mate, who just happens to be a Southampton fan, and I said to him, you know, is there anybody kind of within that bracket that we were looking at at the time we were looking at younger players um, up and coming players stuff like that and at the time Jan Bednarek fit that bill so he just turned to me and he said yeah um, what about Bednarek so I, I dropped um, one of these accounts a, a little DM and just said yeah I've heard I've heard Jan Bednarek's joining joining Aston Villa and obviously it got posted and we had a bit of a kind of bit of a banter on that on Twitter about it, about the fact that it was a ruse. And then, yeah, every window after that, it just became a bit of a running joke, you know. <laughs> it's just a meme if, now, isn't it? Yeah, it was if someone said, oh, Jan Bednarek signing for Villa, everyone would instantly go, hey, you know, you've, you've been caught out, this yeah, nice one. Um, and it was every every summer, every January, we've we've done it. And then this window, just for no reason, we just thought, oh, it's, it's not going to happen anymore, is it? We're past Jan <laughs> Bednarek, so I, I won't bother making that rumour up anymore. It's got a bit old now, and... And then, yeah, first I saw about it was some Polish journalist was getting um, getting a lot of stick and people tagging me and things and, and laughing at him. And I was going, this isn't me. And I had to explain to this guy that there was this running joke <laughs> in, um, on Villa Twitter. And, and yeah, and then obviously um, it's been reported everywhere now and it looks like it's, it's going to happen or maybe it has happened. <laughs> yeah, by the time we're recording this, it's not officially gone through yet. But if anyone is seeing this little snippet of the podcast, it has happened because I've just inserted this into the announcement episode. Yeah, it's, it's just quite bizarre. And there we go. We have all those in the know accounts. And little did I know, accidentally, I was uh, leaking transfer news three years early. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What do you make of the signing there? We'll, we'll get serious for, for a minute or so just before we go back to the, the rest of the live podcast. This is really weird to record this like this uh, earlier me. I think it's quite a solid sign. I think um, he adds a bit of physicality that, that we need now Carlos is injured. And I think it's yeah. a, a nice little stopgap. I mean, if, if we were if we were spending um, money on him, I know originally it was rumoured 10, 15 million, something like that. That was probably, I was a bit worried about that, to be honest. But on loan for, for the season, uh, just add a bit of presence, a bit of depth. Premier League experience, international caps. I think you can't really complain, to be honest. I think it's probably as good as, as we can hope to get at this stage of the window. And and yeah, you never know. He might he might kind of become a starter for us. He might not. He might be back up. But at least then we've got um, with Hawes going and with Carlos out, we've we needed another centre back. And I think mm. he fits the bill for me. So I'm I'm fairly fairly happy. So that's a little story of um, Jan Bednarek's eventual move to Aston Villa. Um, I'm apologising in advance that this is already running on a little bit further than I thought we would not even spoken about outgoings yet. There's one thing I wanted to chuck both your way, a little bit of a conspiracy theory, again, on Villa Twitter this evening. Feel free to um, chuck this in the bin if, if you like. No quotes or pictures from Steven Gerrard on the two signings tonight? Now, when we sign a player, it's obviously not deadline day. Deadline day is very busy. So maybe he's off on phone calls and in meetings and trying to work out with the deal. So I can kind of give him benefit of the doubt. But maybe not being at Bodymore and being available for pictures. But there's usually someone's kind of quotes from the manager in press releases and asking the players, oh, you know, you must have grown up watching Steven Gerrard. What's it like to play under him? And there was none of that tonight. And the conspiracy theorists on Twitter are saying, well, maybe they know that Steven Gerrard is on his way out as manager. So there's no point asking him what he thinks of Bednarik and, and um, Dendonka. Is that too overcritical and overthinking or is this just the madness of deadline day that Gerard is maybe busy on on the phone or whatever? I think it's right to look into that, yes. Um, I don't think the players have spoken about the ma- the, ma- the manager as well. Where previously, look at Diago Carlos and Kamara, they've, they've said the manager is a big, big uh, attraction for me. They haven't mentioned Gerard once, I don't, I don't believe. Um, but yeah, usually on the, on the press releases they send across or on the website, head coach Stephen Gerard said, blah, blah, blah. Mm. pretty every day or so quite telling that for me okay you can look into it a bit too much but yeah um that's usually the, the thing to do so we'll see how do you think john yeah he's a bit suspect i think again it's only natural that you do you get those quotes from gerard and as ash says every sort of player that we've signed so far has been convinced to join because of gerard so maybe this is a bit of a departure from that and potentially it's just the media team i don't know speaking it into existence that they're probably covering the, themselves and the players they don't the players don't want to come out and say oh yeah I, I came to Gerard and I um, can't wait to play under him and then who knows two two weeks later there's obviously a different situation 
So no, I, I think it's probably just maybe just covering the club, but obviously it's yeah. uh, it, it's out there. You, every player that Villa have signed for the last however long, there's always been quotes where it's Dean Smith or whoever. Um, every player, even you know youth players, you always get quotes from academy managers uh, and and other people. So yeah, it's different compared to how we usually unveil the players. Mm. There's a comment from Milan who says Dendonka did touch on the manager in his video interview. He said, good or great manager is okay. what uh, Milan's put here. So, yeah, maybe yeah. we're reading too much in something that doesn't exist. But, you know, you but also don't... Directly. Yeah, you also don't ask the players about the manager who they know is about to get the sack or whatever. Or, I don't know, whatever. Let's talk about outgoings then. Under I'm gonna... Yeah, yeah, put it that way. Uh, outgoings then. It's a bigger list, but a lot of um, well, a few loan players. Uh, Troy Allray, Trezeguet, El Ghazi, Keenan Davis, Matt Target, which feels like about three transfer windows ago, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Chuckle Maker, both of them. Carney to Chelsea and then Caleb to uh, anyone Crawley, yeah, whatever. Kalinic, who I forgot was even here. Harahan, who he went out on loan last year, didn't he? And his contract expired this year, but still still out going from the first team, I guess. Um Philogene Bedace, uh or Philogene, sorry. Courtney Hawes, Wesley, as well, also gone out on loan. Sinasalo, and the one today, which is probably the most attention-grabbing, is Tim Araburnham to QPR, Michael Beals QPR. Um, is that the biggest interesting one for you, Ashley Araburnham, or is there another one there that jumps out as being a, a big loss or a, not a loss at all? Um, the biggest there is probably Carney, isn't it? Going for nearly £20 million. That's a good sale from Villa. Um but yeah, Tim, I think he needed to go out. Great move for him to link up with Michael Beale. Michael Beale will look after him down there. Um, well, eventually down there, see, see Tim in action once he gets in the side and see how Michael Beale's QPR play and see how mm-hmm. he differs the Villa. Could head down there to see him. But yeah, I'm p- pleased he's headed out, head out on loan. Wanted to see more of him, but I think it'd be unfair to chuck him in given Villa's circumstance at the moment. So yeah, good move for Tim, that one. Um, bright future for him. Like him a lot. Uh Again, a, a decent fee for Matt Target was pretty decent for me. Um, yeah. A player who didn't really want to fight for his shirt, wanting to leave at the first opportunity. The Villa recuperated £15 million, pounds, just short of that. Um, that's pretty good going from Villa, because Villa don't really tend to tend to get get much back. Don't they? So, so I think they banked around 35 to £40 million pounds this summer, which is good going, really. Getting fees for Trezeguet and people like that. But like you said, mm. short of a winger now. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... Overall, the outgoings, I think the Carney one was a big shock given the fee Chelsea paid for him. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty pleased Tim's headed out and I'm pleased Cameron Archer staying around as well, to be fair. So I think we need him. Yeah, as much as the outgoing section is about the ones that have left, it's also about the ones that have stayed in Archer and Louise, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, John, your thoughts well. on Sans, yeah, Sanson, Gilbert. I mean, God, this podcast is going to last forever. Now, John, <laughs> your thoughts on the, the 10 or so names I spoke about there? Any, any of those stand out for you? Yeah, echo what Asher said. Carney is obviously, obviously the big one, 20 million or so for a, is he 18, 19? Really good business for Villa. That. Obviously, 12 months on his, on his deal. Chelsea was almost seemed like the only club, not the only club that were interested, but the only club that were interested this summer to pay a fee. And then we got exactly what we wanted. So, brilliant business. And then, yeah, for Tim, really good. I think almost, you know, not just Bale and someone that we know is a really good coach and someone who can develop players and someone who can fit in straight away and you know there's obviously been training under him for nearly the uh, nearly a year but he's also QPR who are going for promotion this season so if he can play any any sort of significant part in their season he's playing with really good players playing at a really good competitive level so yeah brilliant loan move for him I'm surprised it almost took so long because I'm not too sure where I don't know if that was Villa trying to you know, assess his options, but, you know, kind of seemed like a banker for me as soon as Bill went there, that that would be mm. something they'd be looking at. Uh, but no, the rest expected, um, you know, I don't know, shout out to Conor Hoare and everything he did for the club. El Ghazi as well, a couple of sort of yeah. cult heroes leaving. Trezeguet as well, for he did. Um, yeah, Matt Target, good fee, you know, and then the rest, uh, Phil Jane out on loan, Davis out on loan. I'm surprised he went back on loan to Watford. I thought Villa might be able to get a bit of money for him. Because especially because mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest have bought 45 players. So it's yeah, <laughs> a shame that I mean, we can... Like, you say 45 is a joke then, it's not a million more than one. <laughs> it's an estimate, yeah. No, I, I just thought we could maybe get a decent fare. I think the uh, report was saying like 15 million something is what we um, had maybe as a target to, to get. I don't think we were going to get near that, but something around, I don't know, mm. seven, 7 million or something. Because I, I don't think we'll get more than that even if Davis plays well now for Watford and they get promoted because that would just be one year less on his contract so 
yeah, maybe just a bit disappointed. I'm disappointed for Davis as well because then that would have been a really good move for him. Finally yeah. settled somewhere, and now he's gone back to the championship. And hopefully, it works out for Watford, and he can, you know, get permanent there if they get promoted too. Because I think that he's he's from that uh, part of the world, isn't he? I think he's from yeah. around Hertfordshire. So yeah, yeah, pl- plenty of business done. Um, yeah, again, as Ash says, a lot of money coming into the club as well. Although that's a lot of players leaving. It's it's nice to see us, you know, raising funds once. Mm. I think you and me, Ash, talked about Ira Bruno going out on loan weeks ago, months ago, that it probably would be the best course of action for him and the club to get him some game development time. So, you know, why it's been left late. You do wonder maybe the Douglas Louise thing had an impact in it. If he'd gone to Arsenal tonight, would Tim Ira Bruno have stayed around potentially? Um, let's talk about Louise then. It's been a funny old night, hasn't it, on, on social media? Arsenal fans tracking a, a black minivan across the, the M40 or whatever motorway is down to London. Um, absolutely bizarre. I mean, it's a transfer deadline day madness. There was a, I think it was a Villa fan originally, actually, that drove past Douglas Louise's house, allegedly. I don't know whether it is his house or not. I don't even know why we're talking about it. Um, drives past, sees a black minivan at the drive at the gates. Drives past a later going, oh, it is his house. Yeah, look, there's his Lamborghini. That's still there. But this black van's gone now. And then a few minutes later, Arsenal fans are tracking this black minivan from the CCT. TV of a motorway saying he's on the way to, to Colney to come and have a medical. Is that Colney? Is that Arsenal? It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's on his way. Talk sport saying it's a 22 million bid, then it's a 23, 24, 25. It keeps going up bit by bit, bit by bit. And then at this point, he's, he's still here anyway. So I don't know how much of that has been legitimate over the day, whether Louis, um, whether Lewis actually does want to leave. I mean, if he goes on a free next year, he gets a massive pay rise, big time on bonus. I've seen a lot of players leave on frees now across world football. Like it's a, a good thing for a player to do financially. So I'm glad he stayed from a football perspective. And if Villa pick pick up and start doing well, maybe the manager changes at some point because Louise obviously isn't getting a look in at the moment under Gerard, and he, he should be, I think. Maybe he'll sign a new contract at some point. There's a, there's two th- there's two things that happen to Douglas Louise now. He goes on a free, or he signs a new contract. Because we've we've lost out on the chance to get any money for him now. Um, would you have taken yeah. if you were in charge? Would you have, if you were on the phone call at Bodymore today for Christian Perzo and Edu or whatever it was? Would you have said yes to twenty five? Uh, Douglas, would you want to leave? Yes, I'd have, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have said yes. Go, do, do yeah, we'll bank bank the money if you don't apply for us. I'd, I'd say go. Placement though. Bank, bank cash it now. It all depends on on, what, on the conversations he's had. I think his agents were, were pushing it more than the player himself. Um, yeah, Perzo's a, a tough negotiator, has been for a long time, and she dug, dug his heels today. And if, I think if Arsenal went to that thirty million pound fee, close to that, I think that the deal would have been done there. So, be interesting how it plays out now, Dan, and John, and how the player will react to, to not getting his move yeah. to, to Arsenal. Edu's a big fan of him, worked with Arteta before, as we've said. Um, bit of a Brazilian contingent down there as well. So, you see, interesting how he reacts. And yeah, um, I'm good to I've, I've got to keep asking the Douglas Louise contract questions now at press conferences. <laughs> oh, Stephen, Douglas Louise contract, any, any latest on that? Uh, so, yeah, I'll be doing that tomorrow, no doubt. Press con- early press conference tomorrow. I know. But. Um, it, it is a weird one because it is Gerard himself, and I think you you said about it. There was no comparison with with, with the Chuckermaker situation. It was kind of frozen out and then eventually gone. Also, he has been in around the squad. He looks happy. The Villa media team are always posting him on social media, smiling in training and things like that. And it's always like everyone's going, "Oh, he'll, he'll sign a new contract at some point." And then it comes to deadline day, and it's like, "Oh no, he scored against Arsenal yeah. last night from a direct corner, but now he's leaving." It's like, well, "Where the hell did that come from?" Like, mm-hmm. you know, this contract's been on the table for for weeks or months or however long it's been, mm. and it doesn't look like he wants to sign it. But he's not being frozen out like Chuck Romaker was, and we haven't cashed in on him when when this is the last opportunity to do so. So you do wonder how he kind of bounces back from that because if he kicks up a fuss and throws his toys out of the pram. We should have let him go because you don't want a bad egg around the place. But he's in the squads. He's getting minutes to a degree. If he carries on playing okay and playing well, I'd rather have the player than the twenty odd million. I think, yeah, because he's, he's he could be important to us for this for this season. Yeah, I, I don't think he, I don't think it'll be a bad egg or kick up a fuss to them. Just because no. is what we just said there. Of yeah, he's been at the club for like three years, but he hasn't signed a new deal. He hasn't demanded more money. He's still on the same contract as what he was when he when he first joined and I presume the contract that Arsenal would have given him and shown him today would have been a lot more lucrative than what is on for Villa now, even though, of course, there's a contract on the table from Villa too. But I, I don't think it's a bad egg, as, as you say. He's got a lot of uh, mates in, in the dressing room. He's obviously 
obviously, I, I think it's a girlfriend that he's got in the, the ladies' team as well. So the, he's clearly settled. He, he likes where he is. And I don't think it's been, you know, say kicking him before. I think it probably suited him to go to Arsenal, especially now because they don't have any injuries. He goes straight in that team. And he's probably playing week in, week out for a few weeks, which is obviously a massive benefit for him playing in an Arsenal team at the top of the league. So it, I can understand his appeal to go there, of course. But the move hasn't happened, it hasn't materialised and the Villa have dug in the hills and absolutely so if, if that if the valuation wasn't met. So, yeah, I think it's one of those where you just move on. I think, again, Douglas isn't going to be frozen out by his teammates. It's it's not a situation where where, where people are questioning his loyalties necessarily because at the end of the day, it's a transfer window and these moves seem to go down to the wire for one reason or another. Again, he's, he was playing against Arsenal yesterday and celebrating his goal, obviously. And then hours later, it's, you know, sign on for us, it's, you know, for Arsenal. So, strange situation. But, yeah, here we are and kind of let's go again. I think Villa might try and knock him down for another year, perhaps just to retain that value. Because obviously, yeah. he's going to be leaving on a free. I doubt that's going to be the case now that we haven't given him that move. don't know if he's going to be necessarily up for sticking around again, knowing how hard we are going to be to negotiate that same fee in a year's time so probably going to be leaving on a free or maybe in January for a fee I don't know we'll see but I'm, I'm with Ash it's a struggle because what you do with a player who doesn't want to be playing again he's not going to down tools but I don't know maybe we didn't have that replacement ready but kind of again surely we saw this coming there was always going to be interest in Louise towards the end I don't know maybe we just wanted to keep him and there was no replacement that we thought would have been good enough to sort of fill his shoes yeah, yeah. always a bit of time, doesn't it, till January as well to sound out a replacement. That'll be a yeah. bidding war in January, no doubt. Should should no contract be signed? Atletico Madrid very keen on him. European clubs money in January. Am I not getting confused here? Can't I agree like a pre-contract? Pre-contract, sorry. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, we don't get money then, though, do we? No, that, that, no, I didn't mean a bidding war as such as in as in that. But they'll be, they'll all be just in position for him. They'll all be offering offering the world, and, and there'll be clubs in for him. So, and Villa can sign that replacement. Yeah. That's why Arsenal are probably so desperate to get it done today. Bidding three different, three different times, you, they know that competition is going to be there, especially with those big European clubs who don't have a load of money to spend now. But if it's yeah. a free deal, they can offer yeah. whatever they want. So, mm, I won't be mega surprised if I mean Villa have got to massively improve their form for this to, to happen in the first place. But I won't be surprised if there was like a two-year contract and some kind of release clause to a Champions League side. For thirty million or thirty-five million or something, yeah. right? If someone comes in in, in January or, or next summer, you know, maybe that, that's the way around it. And he kind of does a does a nice one for the club to get a bit of money in, but he doesn't have to do that, and he'll leave on a free next season and get a massive pay rise and a big sign on fee. So that's the yeah. modern game, that's football. But if um, if we're struggling this season in, in midfield like we are, I'd rather Douglas Ruiz be in the side than not. So yeah. I'd, I'd rather that than 25 million. And we're, you know, we're not in that position where we can say to Louise, oh, if you don't want to play, you can't, because ultimately the midfield at the moment isn't very good. So we're in that position, whether we like it or not. We can't mm. really be fr- freezing anyone out because because of what's happening in the transfer market. Unfortunately, these players have got to play and they've got to play well because we're in a mess. So, yeah. Uh, just a quick word on Cameron Archer for you, Ash. Another one that's you know now going to be staying at the club. I'm going to flash up a graphic that I prepared <laughs> at some point during the summer. I know there's a few more of these I'll show in a second. Got this prepared at some point. Cameron Archer joins Watford on loan. So I thought, well, this is going to happen, so I'll be ready. I'll be prepared. I'll get my stuff done. Um, I think that's a great positive that he's still here because we're going to struggle for goals at some at some stage again. I'd rather Archer there than be out on loan. Yeah, more minutes, please. More minutes. Um, like I say, he's rolled on the crest of a wave at the moment. Uh, full of confidence, and that's been curbed a little bit given the amount of minutes he's had. Um, I think he only had eight, eight minutes at Bolton, a game I thought he, he should have started, really, um, given the form he's shown. So, please, he's sticking around. And yeah, just want to see more of him. Want to, want to see him have 20 minutes after an hour, get into a game, have some chances, because more often, more often than that, he scores. So, um, yeah, Gerard's Ger- Ger- been reluctant to do that at the moment. I don't know if he's protecting him or anything like that, but he's here. He's, he's in the first team squad for a reason. He wants to play football. So, Hopefully that's the case moving forward. I want to see much more of him. He's confidence. He's the player in form, and that's a good thing to have. So, yeah, I want to see more of more of Cameron. So that's a positive. He's staying around because Watkins, Archer, and 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 Ings. That's that's all we got in front now. Mm. Um, 
like I said, I prepare these graphics. It doesn't mean that I knew anything. It's not that these deals were going to happen at some point, but I thought, you know, it's good to be prepared to, if Villa post something, I can also post something. Do you want to have any guesses of other graphics I prepared this season for incomings? <laughs> I'll flash them up. Anyone can I Gallagher? Yeah, got that ready to go. It's well as all. Had that ready just in case. Uh, this is my favourite one. I put loads of everything to this one. Got Basuma in the shirt and everything. Oh so, my uh, god! This was the first one. I was like, oh, I'll make loads of effort here, and then I thought, well, that's not happened. So I've wasted my time. Calvin Bassey okay. at one point. <laughs> yeah. Tarkovsky at one point, and then the final one, which I love. I love this graphic, and I'm, I'm gutted I didn't get to use it. Look at that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Luis Suarez in the shirt. There's something in that one, you know. There's something uh, in Suarez, wow. Mm. But yeah, I had all those prepared. And I thought, I'm not going to let them go to waste. I'll just use them on the podcast at a random point instead. Um, we're going to talk about best 11 quickly before we go to bed. <laughs> Never mind, end the podcast. Uh, best 11. So like I said, it's seven incomings now. Coutinho, Carlo, uh, Carlos, Kamara and Dendonka, probably the biggest three or four, um, obviously Carlos now injured. So we'll do a best 11 each. Now, this isn't necessarily what Gerard will play or ex-new manager will play. If you were thrust into the dugout, Ash, not necessarily against Man City, because I think you probably buy nine at the back for that guy. <laughs> um, what would your best Aston Villa 11 be now the, the, the deadline is is over? I don't think the manager knows himself either. <laughs> best 11. Um, tough one. <laughs> Players are not in form either. You go Martinez in goal. I'm saying a bit of a stinker last night. Yeah. Martinez in goal. Iffy game last night. Yeah. Um, no really cover elsewhere, isn't it? Matty Cash picks itself, doesn't it, Dan? It's a bit of a... Matty Cash, Kansas, probably ahead of, of Chambers and, and, and Benrek at the moment. Probably. Probably start Benrek, you know, why not? New <laughs> signing, fair uh, Mings, I think Mings has had a decent start to the season. He's been, he's been okay every time he's played, hasn't he, John? I think he's been wild. His body's on the line. He's, he's done, done, the, done the basics right, Mings. Um, he's the one that's puffed his chest out and had a good go. Um, I really like Tyra Mings the way he's come back from that. Those comments here down at Bournemouth are being dropped and the, the captaincy change. I think Mings has Mings has done well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he does get a bit of stick with me, Mings, but he started the season pretty well. Luca Dean a bit, bit of a bad start to the season for him. I haven't seen the levels he hit last season when he yeah. first signed. So yeah, he starts at left back, doesn't he? He's got no real competition now. Um, other than Ashley Young and Augustinson, are we going to see him? I don't know, but I haven't seen too much of him to, to, to say he can come in and start a game. So that would be that. I would like to see the um, Kamara and Dindanka as, as a two in midfield, mm-hmm. as a holding. Two really, really good good sizes there. Uh, brings that physicality, Villa have lacked, and a good base and a good protection in front of the back four then pair. I think that could work well, and it's something Villa might try. Gerard did, did, did try a 4 2 3 1 in pre season, but not very often. I think he's maybe one or two halves in, in the friendly. So he has been reluctant to play that system. So we'll see if he, if he changes tact in that way. And then you'd probably say a three behind a, a Watkins, maybe. Maybe Buendia, Bailey. You're fitting McGinn, McGinn as a 10, maybe. I don't know, Dan. It's, it's a tough one for me. A lot of square pegs in round holes, and it all depends on the system. Coutinho concerns me. He's pulling up with cramp after 60 minutes. In two games, that's a big concern for me. Um, yeah, it's tough to pick the best team. I don't know what the co- people say in the comments, maybe. What's your best team, John? It's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, that's... What is that, Archer? I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the fact that we're all talking worried. about the best team and we've all started with unworried concern and big size probably tells you everything you need to know. Mm. I yeah, I, I think... I don't know. A couple of months ago, I thought that centre-back partnership would be the hardest decision. But now it's, I don't know what formation we're going to play. And I don't know who's playing in those four positions or who plays at what. There's loads of questions. I've no idea. Uh, Martinez, Cash, Luca Danes, fullbacks. Um, Mings has to play. Obviously, Carlos plays when he's fit. <sighs> Between Bednarek, Concer, and Chambers, whoever's most in form, yeah. I really don't know. Typical one for that. Any one of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kamara has to play. <sighs> It's honestly a really tough one. I, I it's tough, isn't it? Say Louise, but it's, it's, I, <laughs> I feel like we give we give a bit of stick for Gerard for not having his formation, but I haven't got a clue either. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's tough, yeah, we're not Kamara. Behind, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot about it. Um, Kamara, I'm, 
I'm going to play him again because, again, I think he cops a lot of unwarranted sticks sometimes. I think he's asked to do a job that he probably isn't best served at doing. Kamara McGinn and I like Dendonka. I like Louise and Ramsey. I think it's options. That's what we've got. I think we've got a lot of options, but we haven't this summer taken that step up to what we needed mm. to do in terms of this is designated formation and here's the player that takes this position to a new level. Instead, I think we've just got more questions, which if we had loads of injuries, it wouldn't be a problem, but it's, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. Kamara McGinn and Dendonka, because he's new. Why not? And uh, Watkins up front, Bailey and Wendy. Yeah, I think I think I agree really with your, yours, John. More so, a lot of the comments are throwing Bednarik and Dendonka straight in there, um, in their their kind of predicted best of or whatever you want to call it. A lot of them uh, of Coutinho not in the side as well, which uh, he's a summer signing. I know he was here last year, but we spent money on him and you know not in our best eleven. It's not mm. great, is it? Um, I think it, I, th- I think it might go back to the four three one two now. With, with a solid, more solid midfield, and Kamara and, and, and Dendonka as a two, one of Louise yeah. McGinn or Ramsey is the other third one. Ings and Watkins up front with probably Coutinho behind Blender is probably what Gerald would be. Yeah. I think he, he's got the players now to stick with a four three one two and have Archer as backup. Yeah. Difficult one on Dendonka because he, he only ever played as that pair, if I'm not mistaken, with Wolves, I think, anyway, because they always played the three at the back with no no. He usually always played as a two and if he was playing midfield. Yeah. And yeah, as we we don't we don't play with the two, do we? So mm. again, I, I don't know if that's a Gerard signing. I, I don't know if Bednarik <laughs> was Gerard's first. Who knows? But I know that Dendonka doesn't play in a three. He probably can, but he hasn't. So yeah. Mm. Um, I think that's probably it, isn't it? There's a couple of people that have asked whether the new signings can play Saturday, and it's the it's usually the twelve o'clock the day before yeah. the next yeah, round of fixtures, fine. and obviously it's Leicester Man United was the this midweek's round of fixtures tonight, so they're in tonight, ready for the next round of fixtures, which starts tomorrow, obviously for Saturday night. I think Dendonka could probably come straight in, to be honest. I don't know about Bednarek, probably Mings and Conks stay. I think Dendonka comes in just for some physicality in the middle. With yeah, Mara and Louise is probably a bit of an interesting one. Does he now start after scoring against Arsenal and this little mini-transfer saga of 24 hours? Does he come in and keep hold of the ball off, off Man City a little bit? I mean, is that even possible? I don't know. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. It's now, oh, should we just keep going to midnight just so we can say we're into the next day? <laughs> Three minutes to go. Uh, there's nothing else to say, there is there really? We're literally just clutching at straws at this point. Oh, right in the window, of course. We haven't done it, so we are going to get into Friday here. Um, how do we rate the window then? Out of 10? You know, eight to F, whatever you want. Whatever you want. I'll say out of 10, actually. That's probably more fair. Start at you, Ash. If you're right in the, the window, the ins and outs, the money spent, the money bought in, from 1 to 10, 0 to 10, what are you going for? Um, five middle of the road, five banked a bit of cash for the carnies and stuff at Target and and doing what they did on deadline day. It's tough to do business on deadline day and getting getting them in. I, I don't know. It's got to be. Well, I can't be more than a five, can it? I don't know. I don't know. The the Agu injury is massive, isn't it? That's that's a big blow. So caught with some slack there, but yeah, Kamara was a gem. Kamara was a massive signing, and we just want a bit more from from the others, really. So we'll see. Yeah, probably a five for me. Yeah, I'm not sure you can go higher than five. Four comments coming, or three comments coming so far. Four or five, and it was a six, to be fair, from, from Michael. Uh, John, what would you go for? Yeah, I think the Kamara signing alone means that it can't be below a four. Uh, mm. But I think we've improved that position. We've obviously improved the centre-half position. And although it's an injury, yeah, I still class that as a good signing. Uh, yeah. But I don't think we've taken the team to that next level, really. Although we've got really good players. And I know we're, we're talking off the back of four defeats out of five, but... I just don't see it in us that we've got everything perfect like I think we probably should have after spending so much money after that Grealish sale two years ago. Um, Louis' contract as well, we didn't get that sorted, although we kept him. We're now probably going to lose him for free. We don't have that wide player either. So, yeah, I'm with Ash. Five is probably about fair. Six is as generous as I can go. Between four and six, so yeah, five minutes of the road. <laughs> Between four and six, so far. Uh, we'll call it a day there, Ash. Pat, uh, Pat, Ash, John, sorry, John. Uh, thank you very much for joining me on uh, Thursday evening at 23.59 as we're about to end this podcast. How many seconds till Friday? I don't know. Um, yeah, cheers cheers for watching. There's 500 people watching at midnight on, on Friday morning, which is 
which is mental. There's been a lot of Villa podcasts tonight, which I'll, which I'll say is I'm surprised you're not villa out after after that um, match preview tomorrow, Ash. Early, early, early press conference tomorrow, quarter, quarter past nine. So you'll have your updates from 10 o'clock, nice and early. Why do you ask Gerard if you could? What question would you put to him? Probably can't say. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The, the, the Douglas, Lee, Douglas Lee stuff will dominate that, won't it? What happened there? Yeah, um, I'm interested to see what the dynamics is with, with Langer, um, mm. how, how that relationship's working at the moment. Um, given obviously the SAR deal breaking down and, and stuff like that, and, and how it plays out. I'm wondering, does, does Jared have, a, have much of a say now? Because obviously, I think previously, yeah, these, we did, yeah, go on. Go on I was just saying, maybe Pokemon a bit. Of- Pokemon Ben Donk a little bit because obviously that again I'm not sure if that was a Gerard sign. Pokemon completely. Fit, I <laughs> Why not? Fuck um, yeah, I don't know. I've obviously, wanted more profile in the team, but I'm not, I'm not sure if that yeah. was exactly what Gerard wanted. I don't know. Mm, interesting. Mm, I'd. I mean, he was already asked about whether he was worried about his job, so there's probably no point asking that because he already said yes. I'd probably ask it. Does he? It, this game couldn't. He, this game couldn't come at a worse time for Gerard. It really couldn't. I know we've got Leicester coming after this, which is also a horrendous game. If we don't yeah. collect what we need to, but you don't need City. You just don't. It's, yeah. Mm, I'd probably just say, if he, do you know your best eleven yet? We're going to be six games in. Do you know what your best side is yet? Mm. Oh yeah, that's it. We'll see. We'll see what comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Well. Thank you for joining us. It is now Friday morning. Um, we're into the next day. That's a podcast has spanned an entire day. Uh, so both, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks to the 500 people that have watched on deadline day evening. Uh, like I said, we'll be back with a match preview at some point tomorrow, probably around lunchtime to chat about whatever is the latest from Gerard, any injury news, predicted 11s, all those kind of things. Actually, your predictions are pretty good, by the way. You got, um, you got close again the other day. And, uh, and you've got the bottom one right as well. I didn't, did I? I thought I'd back, I'd back to Villa, wouldn't it? The Emirates? Oh, uh, yeah, it was part, I think it was part that got close then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you I still win. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow and then Saturday's game day, and we'll be back for another podcast after that as well. So, thanks everyone for sticking with us over the busy summer. Uh, it's now on to go and win some games starting tomorrow. Come on. Saturday. Oh, it is tomorrow. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks very much for watching. Have a good sleep, both everybody else. And uh, we'll see you again in about 12 hours. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.